Referee says play on, and now this is Danger City. Sean Lewis has some magic to work, and Orange County has scored. Three minutes after stoppage time, and they are going to get out of here with three points. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so that was the scene at the end of an amazing match for Orange County Soccer Club that saw them steal some goal or still three points on the road thanks to that amazing goal. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We are underway in the postseason, the first playoff game ever played in Orange County. It's a one-two, Godoy, he's found a great ball, and it in plenty of time, he smashes it off and doubles the visitor's lead. Thomas Enavolson. Now Segbris sprinting forward on the counterattack. A little handsy there, crosses it. Pineda, the extra pass. Seaton finishes. It rolls down to his left and parrying aside. All taken care of by the Orange County keeper. We'll leave it for Aiden Quinn. He'll strike towards goal, and it's gone in. An equalizer and a winner in second half stoppage time for Orange County off the left boot of Aiden Quinn. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast and on Facebook at Orange and Black SoccerCast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, brought to you by Roughneck Scarves. We are the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I am with you each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. And joining me as he does each and every episode, we've got Dylan from County Line Coalition. Dylan, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, a little bit warm, but... Excited for this episode and excited to recap Saturday's match. Definitely excited for the episode and to talk about that match. What a great match it was, continuing the streak for Orange County. Before we get there, though, let's also welcome uh, from San Diego, Alan. Alan, how are we doing? Good. Um, I missed the end of the Tottenham match. How did it end up? Uh, you had you had to go there, didn't you? You had to go there. <laughs> we are not going to talk about that. Let's just say that. Um, one other person I want to introduce before we introduce our special guest tonight. Sorry, Jacob, you're not our special guest, but we do have one of our favorite uh, uh, guests from another podcast, and that's uh, Jacob from Down in the Valley. Jacob, welcome back to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Yeah, great to be here. Excited to be here as well. Going to talk some soccer, and it's going to be fun. It's always fun to talk about soccer. Uh, and it's always fun to have you on because uh, it seems to be a fun time whenever you join us. And we're going to hope for that again this episode. Now let's introduce our special guest that uh, uh, when I, we saw what happened this weekend, I reached out to the club, said we got to get this guy on on this next episode. They they greatly worked it out for us. So uh, if you haven't figured out who I'm going to introduce now, you know who it is. Uh, I want to welcome on for the first time to our podcast, uh, Kevin Coleman. Kevin, welcome to the Orange Black Soccer Cast. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for having me. No, we're glad you could uh, take a little bit of time to come uh, speak with us and let uh, the fans know uh, a little bit about what's going on. And I, I got to start off with the goal at this last match, the, as we can call it, the miracle goal uh, in Tulsa. Uh, I don't know if anyone's actually created some sort of fancy name for it. Uh, so <laughs> for anyone that didn't watch the match, it was basically a goal 
in extra time, but pretty much extra time had already ran out from what we're looking on the timer. Tulsa fails on three attempts uh, from the corner. And can you just sort of, from your view, explain how that whole final few seconds of the play developed there? Uh, yeah, so it was off the corner kick. Um, they cleared out, and um, I think they crossed it again. And Frederick, uh, Frederick Dew, you know, punched out the box, and Mike Seaton was in a perfect, perfect position in the center of the field. Uh, Mike Rosco was on the halfway line, um, um, and then he just held his run. Mike Seaton played him a, a beautiful ball down the field, and then I just recognized, you know, this is like the last last chance we have. So I just took off from from our end of the box down the field and. Michael Rosco uh, slipped it across the box and easy tap in to, to win us the game. <laughs> and, and that's where like a lot of this becomes very interesting when you look at this whole play of events. Because you had Michael Seaton closer to the penalty box. You had Michael Orozco, who's the center back, up there basically just waiting in the middle field. I think probably a plan, you know, if you can get one last ditch effort, let's have him up there for that. And then you yeah. basically just sprint from the defensive 18-yard box all the way across the field with in about like – 10 seconds or something like that. And I don't think yeah. any other Tulsa players really made that run with you, which was no, I guess, pretty shocking. No. So were you surprised that you were like that wide open and that no other Tulsa player was running down the field with you? Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty open. Um, and then I just, they didn't track me. So, you know, I just capitalized on the opportunity and, and got my chance and scored. So it's pretty, pretty happy about that. No, I could, I could imagine that. And then uh, what was going on in your mind when uh, Orozco made that pass to you? Were, were you uh, telling yourself, you know, this better go in or, or don't, uh, don't shank it or anything like that? Or was it just nice? Uh, uh, no, it's pretty calm. Just cool. You know, all I had to do was just slot it and, you know, didn't try to do anything crazy. Just kept it simple. So that's pretty calm. I think uh, I, I, I'm going to have to show your video to, I, I coach, you uh, nine players. I'm going to have to show them your, that play there, because I think the hardest thing I've had so far trying to coach them is when you have that like wide open of a goal, a nice, easy pass, all you have to do is tap it. You don't have to try and boot it for power. You did it the perfect right. way. Just, just, just aim it right to the goal. There's no one there blocking you, yeah. which, which was pretty amazing there. And I'm glad that uh, that worked out pretty well. Um, so this, uh, I believe this is your first, professional goal uh, as a professional player? I know that I think you've scored as a youth player, but is this your first professional goal? Yes, this is my first uh, professional goal I've scored. Perfect. Did, they, did, did anyone like grab that soccer ball and, and hide it for you so you could bring it home, or is, is that soccer <laughs> ball still in, in Tulsa? No, it's still in Tulsa. It's still in Tulsa. We'll need to maybe sign get a petition going, see if we can get them to, to retrieve that ball for you, because, again, first goal, you got to have some sort of memory from that. I guess you, you can have that video there. Um, yeah, yeah, that definitely be nice. <laughs> like, I, I want to open it up to, to Dylan or Alan. I, if any of you have any questions about that play or that match before we maybe just sort of learn a little bit about more Kevin uh, uh, Kevin's history as a soccer player. Okay. How? I mean, oh my god! <laughs> How do you? I, I can't even imagine the length of the pitch, basically, and then being calm enough to to just slot it home, like side foot it that. That was amazing. I still am like, every time I watch that video, I get so excited. I get so giddy. I don't even have a question. I'm honestly just, just so thrilled. You're just praising him. You're just, you're just yeah, praising really. Kevin for that play right there. We are. Not I, I, I agree. It was amazing that you made that sprint all the way across the field, but I, I mean, you did what you, you're probably, you've been trained to, to do your whole life yeah. in that position. Yeah. So <laughs> Alan, did you yeah. have anything uh, regarding that match or? Uh, no, I think you uh, summed it up. 
<laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit about Kevin the 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 history of your your soccer career. You mentioned before we went live that you started playing as a six year old out in Virginia. Um, yeah. Was that something that uh, you were like really excited to do? Was it one of those situations where parents just getting their kids into sports to keep them active? Um, whose decision was it to get you started in soccer? Um, honestly, it just remained in the family. Um, both of my parents are from Ghana, and you know, growing up there, my dad played soccer, and he was pretty good. Um, so when we, when we both moved over uh, to Virginia, you know, just growing up, my dad always had the soccer ball on my feet for playing. Um, and then, yeah, it just started from there. Do you do you remember your like first soccer coach, or uh, is there a soccer yeah. coach in your youth that you remember that was like a big influence for you? Yes, um, Dave Spofford, um, my first, my first, uh, my first coach out in Haymarket, Virginia. I uh, played for ESA Heat. Uh, that stands for Virginia Soccer Association, and uh, that's the club I grew up playing with um, from like U eight to like U fifteen. So he, yeah, he was a. Go ahead. No, no, go for it. Keep going. Oh yeah, I was just saying. Yeah, he was. He was my first, my first coach that I had growing up. Perfect. And um, it's pretty amazing. You know, you can remember, I, I, I know it wasn't too long ago, but you can remember uh, that that first influence there in soccer. Uh, I know your your soccer growth took you outside of the States. Uh, when did you when did you move out? I believe it was to Germany uh, to to start training and developing out there. Um, I want to say uh, beginning of uh, 2016, like in January, uh, I moved out to Germany and uh signed for FC Kaiserslautern. Um, so they, they played in the second league at that time, a professional team. Um, I played for the under-19s for about a year and a half uh, out in Kaiserslautern, Germany. Um, and then after a year and a half uh, there, I, I left, ended up leaving that club, um, came back home for about a year, um, was, was considering going back to, uh, going to college, actually, at that time. Um, but then I had another offer in Germany in the fourth division, uh, from a team called Spielvereinigung Bayreuth, and they're located like in south southeast Germany. And uh, I played there last season uh, in the summer, and then um, played all the way till the uh, winter, and then ended up coming to Orange County uh, in January. So, how was your experience out in Germany? Was it was there any kind of culture shock? Uh, did you head out there knowing any? any parts of the language or was it something that you went out there and you basically just had to learn as you went? Um, yeah, I just had to learn as, as I went. Um, you know, the language <laughs> was definitely a, a big factor, uh, pretty hard. Um, but, you know, my teammates, you know, they, they, they helped me out a lot. So, you know, I just learned the basics um, when I was out there. I didn't really take any lessons because I wasn't put into like a, a school or anything because I was, I actually left uh, Virginia sophomore year in high school, and so when I moved over there, I just uh, I finished high school through an online online program, and didn't didn't go to school out in Germany. Just did my uh, my high school online, like I said. But um, yeah, that's just how everything started. Do do you did you learn any German phrases while you're out there? Can you share something in German? Uh, do you know what a bratwurst bratwurst? I have no it's idea. Like I, don't, a, I see Alan laughing at her. I don't know. Like, Alan. Uh, <laughs> it's like a, it's like a famous German sausage. Uh, they usually have it like the games. Uh, so if you go to like a Wednesday game, 
they serve these uh, sausages in this like um, it's like warm bun, and you just put like ketchup or mayonnaise or whatever you want on it. It's pretty famous there. Pretty good sausages. So. Perfect. And then, um, how did the whole move to Orange County come about? Uh, did uh, was it something that maybe you were reaching out to the club, or did the club sort of reach out to you? How did that all happen? How did that magic happen? Um, my agent had a has a good relationship with Oliver with. So uh, when I was uh, I was in Germany actually earlier this year when they reached out to me, Orange County through my agent. Um, I was out there trialing with a few clubs, and then um, my agent's like, "Hey, uh, Orange County is interested in you. Um, they want you to come on a." on a trial um and i had just finished up uh trialing with uh vfb stuttgart second team um so uh i flew back to virginia for two days and then came out here had like a week trial and um ended up signing for orange county so that's how everything came about perfect and when you sort of signed you were you know signed you're one of the younger players probably on the roster but i think over the last month or so You've sort of grown now. You're like more in the middle age group with a lot of these young players joining the team and coming on. Uh, what has your experience been like with some of the younger players that have joined? I know fans haven't really got to see much of them, uh, but what is what is it that you can share with those younger players from your experiences uh, growing up in, in soccer in Germany and now here back in the United States? Um, I'd just say, uh, you know, just keep working. Um, you know, definitely just... Um, yeah, just continue to keep working. You know, a lot of these players have uh, have you know talent, you know, to play at the highest level. So just keep on pushing is what is what I usually tell them. Perfect. Uh, and I'm going to open it again just to Dylan and Alan because I've been hogging all the questions here. If they have any other questions they want to to ask before we let you get on with your evening, uh, Kevin. Okay. Yeah, you've been so kind to just sit here and interrogate them for like. 15 minutes now, right? I'm sure you're not paid enough for this I'm sure Kevin um to to ask you something entirely different um which some of our fans will undoubtedly want to know what is your favorite vegetable my favorite vegetable um I'd say cucumbers okay is there a specific way you like those prepared or just eating them straight uh salad? just chop them just chop them salad yeah okay or cucumbers all right that concludes this uh my interrogation. Yeah. <laughs> That's how serious we are here. <laughs> so I, I'm curious. I know you. there was a part of the season, the middle of the season, where you came on and you played really well and then uh, got a little bit of an injury bug. How frustrating is it for, like, as a professional player, like, wanting to play again, but also not wanting to rush back to make sure that you're 100%? Uh, like, what well, is that like? <laughs> Well, it's very frustrating. You know, I, I was uh had a good momentum going. I think that was just after uh the uh, Colorado switchbacks and Austin Bullet game and then I got a little nick. Um but you know, yeah, it's very frustrating obviously to get injured and not be able to help your team. But um, you know, I just had to focus on getting healthy again. Um, you know, once I got back to hundred percent, you know, I missed a couple of games here and there, but uh, I feel like I'm getting that, that rhythm back. So I feel pretty good now. Um, just just trying to stay away from, from injuries. So. And how good was it to get like back out there, especially playing such a big part of the win this past week? Like, was that like... Oh, it's a great feeling um, to just be able to help the team any way you can, either coming on you know, as a sub or a starting 11. Uh, just, just to help your team is always a good feeling to get that win. So I feel pretty good. 
perfect. And, and the, the club's on an amazing run right now. So uh, I think it's sort of perfect timing. The team's getting some momentum going as we're going to head into the playoffs, uh, which uh, for anyone outside of the United, United States, the weird thing is. All right. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, we apologize for the technical difficulties on that. We were in such a great conversation there with Kevin Coleman for Orange County Soccer Club. Uh, because of the technical difficulties, we allowed him to head on out because we didn't want to make him wait any longer to uh, finish up the conversation. Luckily, we got through most of that conversation. So that was pretty awesome. We're now just sort of going to wrap things up on here. So once again, I want to thank uh, Kevin Coleman for joining us, uh, taking time out of his evening to come and talk with us and let us know uh, what was going on or, or what happened in the match and a little bit about his history as a soccer player uh, and awesomeness. So again, thanks, Kevin Coleman, for, for that opportunity. Let's talk a little bit. Let's just wrap up our talk about the Tulsa match because uh, with Kevin Coleman, we got to talk about the best part, which was that goal. Uh, Dylan, let me actually let me go to Alan because Alan, you were actually for out of all of us, you were the one watching it like actually live there as it was going on. Uh, 
what are your other than that Kevin Coleman goal? What else did you see in that match? Anything great or anything concerning? Um, I thought the defense held up pretty well again. I think Tulsa had a, like a couple of looks. I think it was like one or six shots total, a couple on on target. Um, they really kind of held held them. Like I said if they can score two, they'll win. But they didn't. They only need to score one because I think the back line held up pretty well. Um, the offense was was a little bit frustrating. Um, it felt there was a couple games ago where the ball kind of would sit in the middle of the six yard box, and then it felt like everyone was waiting for someone else to kick it in. Uh, while that wasn't like quite as obvious, it, it did have those moments of lots of really, really close, but nothing really clicking in the final third in that last touch. Nothing was really coming together uh, to, to finish. Um, but, I mean, I think there was a Tulsa shot that went off the woodwork like 12 minutes before the end of the game um, or something like that, and... But other than that, I think uh, the defense held up really well, which is always great on the road. Uh, if you can go on the road and shut out your opponent, you have a – I mean, you're going to pick up at least a point. Uh, and then to get that last-minute goal was – I was so crazy. Um, that usually happens to us. Uh, so to yes. see it happen for us was a nice change of pace um, and a nice way to uh, cap that game. Perfect. And what about you, Dylan? Any uh, thoughts on that match? Yeah, I mean, you got to grind out the really dirty results sometimes. Um, you know, if you look at Phoenix, because they're the cream of the crop this year, and, and actually through all the years of U.S. soccer now, um, not all of those results were big blowout victories, um, like their victory against Austin back in, I think, July, um, or really even their victory against us in June. Um, they had a couple close wins they they narrowly beat out san antonio they narrowly beat out vegas um and granted they rotated their teams there but not every game is going to be an easy three nil victory um or three one victory or two nil victory um this was the first time in i think six or seven weeks that we hadn't scored two at least two goals in a game um and we still got it done and, and that's the key uh hopefully they can take some confidence moving forward. Um, we've had issues with this early in the season where, like Alan said, the ball gets into the six and then no one puts it away and the players get frustrated and then it just shuts down from that point. Um, hopefully they can take some confidence and realize that if they just put their heads down and they keep going, they can pull out a result um, and they can pull off something really special too. Because what a, what a debut goal to get, right? Keeps your team's <laughs> winning streak goes along, uh, alive and... Um, massive massive three points i mean we could be looking at this in a couple of weeks and this could be like back. the win of the season or the match of the season or something yeah like that. i mean that that could honestly be the the victory that gets us um to host a, a quarterfinal match and that would be amazing so yes. you know it's a good confidence builder um off of a a weird and kind of frustrating match and, you know, while you, you gentlemen were speaking, and even at the beginning of the match, we do have the highlights uh, playing on there, courtesy of USL Championship Productions. So thank you for that, uh, USL. Um, can I say this? Patrick Dew is amazing at Patrick. touching the ball. That's what I said, right? That's not his name. Oh, wait, 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 wait. How dare you? Wow, you are never speaking to him. Frederick. Frederick Dew. It ends in a C. Wow. Um, or K. No. <laughs> 
Oh my god. What am I messing up again? No, it, oh it ends god. in a K, but uh, neither okay. Patrick nor Frederick end in a C. I can't spell. I feel so bad for him. <laughs> I really hope he's not listening. I hope no one listens to this. Oh, oh. people are listening this to it. This man gives us all these clean sheets, and the best you can do is first giving him the wrong name and then misspelling it. <laughs> wrong misspelling it. I, I'm trying to give him props right now, and I'm totally butchering it. But more he's out, amazing. everyone. <laughs> hey, I have to have one or two mistakes an episode. Uh, he's amazing at punching the ball which part of our excitement about this game is because he punched the ball away at an opportune time. I think I, I was talking, or we might have been talking uh, that evening of the match, that if he catches the ball, I think the ref blows the final whistle and the game's over. But by punching the ball out, uh, the ref is holding his whistle just to see if something big is going to happen. Because I think most refs, if something big is about to happen, they're not going to blow the whistle. They wait to see how it plays out. So by him punching that ball, because he could easily have grabbed it in the air. He was high enough. He could have done it. But by punching it, getting it to Michael Seaton, a play develops. The ref doesn't blow his whistle, even though he probably should have at that point. And we score the game-winning goal, which is which is freaking amazing. So I apologize for the wrong first name, Frederick, and uh, the wrong spelling of your name, Um I will get it right. I will never mess it up again, I promise. But again, props to you because – Smart play there, punching the ball out instead of grabbing it to hold it because you gave it a chance for uh, at least something to end the game there. Just tell um, him you love him and then give him your firstborn. That seems like a fair trade. But then but then Walker Hume's going to be upset at me, and, and I can't really do that. So, so Walker Hume can have your secondborn. <laughs> um, let's do this before because we got Jacob just sort of sitting patiently out there in Texas waiting to, to get into the, the RGV talk. Uh, before we do that, let's just pick our uh, man of the match for this match. I'll start off with Alan. Kevin Coleman. Dylan. You can't, yeah, you can't pick anyone else. Um, debut winner keeps the win streak alive. Everyone put in a big shift there, and we could give a lot of nominations to Frederick like we do every week, but it's got to be Kevin calm and composed and i'm gonna do this i I agree with y'all pretty much you have to give it to kevin but i want to give uh an acknowledgement to michael orozco because in that play the veteran in michael orozco showed uh he could have easily gone one-on-one against the goalkeeper he could have easily taken the shot and gone for the glory but he held up a little bit he let kevin uh get into the action and he basically gifted Kevin Coleman an easy goal there Uh, that's the veteran presence of someone like a michael orozco out there uh, you don't expect that out of someone who is your center back to be the one that's sort of dictating the, the that play and and giving a teammate an easy opportunity for that game winner. So yes, first career goal, a professional goal for Kevin Coleman. You got to say probably man of the match, but Michael Orozco is easily a, a second option for that. Uh, just the way that all played out there. So great job, gentlemen. Six in a row. We're going to go for seven in a row uh, against a. Tricky opponent, I, I guess we could say, and I know Orange County is going to be short a couple of players because of yellow card accumulation. Uh, they're traveling out to the tip of Texas to play RGV, uh, and that is the whole reason we brought in uh, Jacob from Down in the Valley podcast to uh, help us out. Uh, what is this now, Jacob? Is this your third or fourth time with us? I think third time because I only came on, I think, once last year. So, yeah, about the third time. That would make sense. I I guess it's just been so amazing every time we have you on. It just seems like it's been four times. Uh, But uh, we were talking again before we went live here that RGV has been a little tricky 
team there this season where it seems like they waited until in your words, they waited to get knocked out of the playoffs before they decided to start winning. Although I think Allen came on saying, Hey, they still have a chance uh, on this. Um, what has the season been like for <laughs> RGV and uh, what's been the disappointing part of the season? Well, a lot for sure has been disappointed and some have been good. And what I mean by that is we started off the season or RGV FC, excuse me, started off the season with the worst start in club history. Of course, given the fact that our club has not been around for that long, this is, what, about our fifth year or so in USL. But to say so the least, it yeah, the beginning of the season was not good. Then we went on a good roll. RGVFC went on a good roll of winning games. But then, of course, the summer World Cup break and all that happened. And so Jamaica took out one of our players, I believe. And then Houston decided to sell that player and it was all a big commotion. And we could say multiple things of, yes, that really hurt us. And it did. But in the long run, our players at that point who were on the bench asking coach for a starting time or a starting spot didn't perform. And so then we went on another losing streak halfway through that year or this year. And then, well, leading up to now, we've gone win, loss, win. We had a chance to win Copa Tejas, and we couldn't secure that. And then, of course, we've had a lot of chances at home and on the road to win games and haven't done that either because guess what? RGVFC averages around less than six shots on goal half the time. So that's not good one bit. And we all know, your defense can only do so much. If your offense doesn't score, then you can't win. <laughs> I see Alan just sort of there nodding. If you're watching live, you can see he's just sitting there nodding. He, I guess, agrees with that. I, I messed up when I did talk about uh, that RGV still, I guess, has a chance. Dylan was the one that had mentioned that. Uh, thank you, Alan and Dylan, for correcting me on that. I mean, we're not doing the Samora out thing. I, I'm going to stay here. I, I, the whole technical difficulties has probably thrown me off i'm gonna mess up a bunch more because that's just stressful for me i hate when we have issues like that um mm-hmm. what uh so with rgv struggles this season uh jacob uh is should orange county expect a pretty easy uh match and should they expect an easy three points or is rgv still a tough opponent and should we be worried about something out there in uh, the tip of texas well, RGVFC, they are still a tough opponent. They will fight. It's not like they haven't been fighting, even though they've lost a lot of these games. Yes, given the fact that we did not play well on the road before Ralph Salt Lake and we came back home, I believe that was a Wednesday game. But of course, you give those Wednesday games a bit of a break, in a sense, especially when you play on the road, considering you got two. Jerson Echeverry, if I'm not mistaken, rested a bunch of his starters. Now, one thing is for certain that they brought in Dynamo Academy players to RGVFC to play in the last home match. So that's something for new blood and something just to try out, I guess, for Houston to see what is what, I guess, down there, if they could make any sort of difference for maybe next season. So there are, it's going to be tough for sure. Always, you come down here from, well, I don't really think, I guess dry heat to humidity in a sense is kind of different because we all know it's 
hot in Orange County as well as it's pretty hot in Texas, too. It's been 100 plus, and even though evenings are pretty nice, it's just, yeah, it's still pretty brutal. But either way, yes. 100 is nasty. Yeah. Especially for someone like Dylan who has no air conditioning where he lives. And I think Alan as well. There is literally sweat dripping off my face right now. And and I'm in a garage. I'm in a garage. My podcast studio is a garage. With with your new Lamborghini? Shoot, I wish I had a Lamborghini. I need to go get my fan from, <laughs> from Saturday. Um, Dylan, Alan, any questions for Jacob uh, before we talk really about the details of this match? I don't think I have any questions. Um, wow. Yeah, are, no, are I don't you, have any questions. I have a whole bunch of stats that I can bring up, but no questions. Just throw out is stats. R- is RGV prepared to play a 11-man uh, Orange County Um how many penalties are they planning on missing this weekend? Oh my gosh. Ooh, they're talking trash to you, Ed. Oh, well, I mean, what do you expect? Our, hey, he's not I the mean, one on the it's field. The sa- it's the same way with is Orange County ready to play an 11 man RGVFC team with one crazy guy on the team? Yes, of course, I don't want to attack him too much, but freaking Carlos Small, I can give you one thing with him. Let's see here. He's a hothead and decides sometimes not to really practice in practice, and so it it shows, as in he's missed opportunities, open goals, having chances to put in a way. It seems like he's more focused, but the only problem is he's so... He's such a hothead that the last time that we played at or not, not against Real Monarchs, but the time that they played at home before that, he got suspended right at the final whistle and tried to attack a Tulsa player. So, yeah, that's one guy that's just... He could be so much better, but he his mentality is just off. Yes, of course, that's a player to look out for, but... He might not even be starting as he wasn't starting against the Real Monarchs. So kind of expect a lineup like in, in the front, at least Nico Lemoyne, uh, Chuy Enriquez, Kevin Rodriguez, and maybe Michael Salazar up front. Anybody tell you that I miss practice? <laughs> what? I was, I was hoping it was going to be the right part of the clip for Allen Iverson practice. We talk about practice because you were talking about some guy that doesn't like to practice with the Carlos team. Small. You can tell he wasn't listening. He was really hung up on this. No, I, I was listening. <laughs> I was listening. Uh, you know, hey, we're not a fancy radio station that has like this this whole library of clips. All right, just a clip, uh, push a button. I have to actually look up stuff. I have to make sure our stream is still going. I have to make sure audio is working, Dylan. Yep. You don't do what I do. You just sit there with no camera on and you just talk. Uh, yeah, I, I get to know. talk a lot of trash because of that. Probably in your in your tidy whiteies, just sitting there in your chair. No, I'm in a pair of running shorts, water. but there's not that much of a length difference. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about RGV against OC. Um, Ooh, Alan, can I get the stats. Oh, oh fine. Dylan, Dylan, give your stats. Dylan, all right. These are com- these are thankfully compiled by uh, Orange and Black Soccer Cast super fan Andy. Um, hey, Andy. That might, have to, that might have to be a, a, an award category uh, for this year's Orange Box. That's stat Box. compiler? Well, he's really the only one that does it. Or so like RGV... listener of the year, maybe? I don't know. Okay. Go for it. 
Okay, RGV over the last 10 matches, two wins. Yep. Six losses, two draws. Uh, Orange County is 7-1-2 and two over that same period of time. RGV uh, is averaging 1.03 points per game this season, which is a slight decrease from last year where they averaged 1.12. That being said, in 2018, we dropped both of these matches to RGV, um, yep. and they were poor then, and we were in really good runs of form both times it happened, and we got really complacent, and they just honkered back. Um, and played defense, and we couldn't break him down, got frustrated, and gave up. And uh, so we have to be really wary of that this time around. Um, it's it's a similar situation where they're not quite out of the playoffs yet. I mean, I think 538 puts them at a 65% chance of finishing 15th, but they can still make other people's lives miserable. Um, they can still play for a bit of pride and and try and push for that last playoff spot regardless of how unlikely it is um mm-hmm. so we we really have to be wary of them and, it, and it's going to be complicated by aiden quinn missing from suspension and harry forrester missing from suspension so it's going to be a difficult game and we're really going to have to I mean, it's going to have to be another 90 minute performance 94 minute performance <laughs> excuse me i gotta ask dylan were you uh did you have these stats that that andy just sort of provided you or were you just reading off the comments from the youtube stream Hilariously, um, I pulled them all up while Jacob was talking. Then Andy starts texting me each individual stat. <laughs> I almost fell out of and my then shirt. Apparently, again. he's also commenting uh, on on the stream. So he's yeah. We need to. We, need to, we, we just need to give him his official role as statistician, and he could just sort of. Uh, message us as we're going through these uh, podcast recordings and he could just message everyone stats. Well, maybe you guys, cause I don't get to a chance to read a lot of that stuff sometimes. Yeah. You're too busy working anyway. Um, yeah. They might not be good statistically, but they basically have nothing to lose at this point. Um, and we have everything to lose. So we still need to show up and try. Perfect. Also, thanks for your help, Andy. <laughs> Alan, what are your thoughts heading into this match? Um, against probably what, so, what many would consider a tough RGV team, especially when you're on the road. I reached out to some uh, USL folks like Tyler, Devin from uh, Three Honest Lads, Mike Watts. said, hey, uh, what should Orange County be expecting? Are we happy with a point or is it win or bust? And the descriptors were like pretty amazing. Mike Watts said it's uh, hardly do or die like what dreams do. What happens to dreams in Edinburgh, as in they dreams die in Edinburgh? Uh, mm-hmm. Tyler referred to RGV as USL's version of the Upside Down. Um, <laughs> I mean, you, RGV, you look at them, I and they have eight wins. Seven of them are home. I mean, that just speaks mm-hmm. to, I mean, they held Phoenix to a goal in uh, a 1-0 loss at home. Uh, it's going to be a tough place to go in. I think we need to to go in there with we're not going to go in there and score three, four, five goals and blow them off the park. It's just not going to happen. Um, I think the last game in Orange County, they had a couple guys got sent down like right before game time from the Dynamo or maybe the day before. Yeah. No, you're, you're correct. It's always, well, technically it is a night before they get told a night before and then it's not released until like the morning. And right. so of course chemistry happens and right. Well, then we start to play bad. So, and so I, I think that that two one win 
you know, you can chalk some of that up to that. Uh, we were lucky to get ahead and then just play out of our minds with nine guys throwing their bodies around the, the, the field mm-hmm. to, to, mm-hmm. to preserve that win. This is going to be another tough, another tough battle, uh, another tough game. It's not going to be high scoring. Um, yeah, I think that as Orange County, we, we, you know, we need to, you know, temper expectations a little bit. That way, you know, if they do score a couple, we can be excited as opposed to, well, that's just what's going to happen. Um, we need to be prepared to nil nil at the end. Let's all, let's all pause there for a second. Alan has no idea what's going on there. You 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 froze for like three seconds there uh, when you were talking. So pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> I do agree. Dylan on the chat is like the valley does have. What did you say, Dylan? I can't. It disappeared while I was bad juju. Um, that place is freaking cursed. We like <laughs> seriously. It's bad well, news for everyone that goes there. Here's what I'm going to say based off what Alan just said. Uh, Jacob, you should seriously propose that you guys change the name of your podcast to the Upside Down podcast based on what alan just shared with us because that would be a pretty awesome uh name and plus you'd probably get a bunch of uh stranger things fans thinking that it's a stranger things podcast and then (laughs) surprise usl soccer (laughs) it's much more interesting than whatever 80s fetish show stranger things is hey you know what shows that that take place in the 80s are actually pretty awesome right now there's a bunch of shows uh goldberg's one of them um, let's Where's do the this. Miami Bite, Vice reboot. That's what we really need. Oh yeah, that's what we need. Um, yeah. uh, anything, Jacob, that you have that you want to ask of us as far as the way Orange County's been lately, or any anything we can answer for you so you can share with your uh, listeners or followers? I mean, it, it seems like y'all have already answered the questions. Y'all are on a hot streak. I can tell that much. And of course, it's hottest teams in the West. Hottest team in the West. Hottest team in the West, according to always the strangest USL power rankings that always puts <laughs> San Antonio ahead of anyone, no matter if, you know, some other team in Texas is doing well. I was going to get to the power rankings. I was going to get to the power rankings in just a moment. So we, we could definitely discuss that because I know a lot of my, my good friends in Phoenix are very upset about what the power rankings say. Um, I just, I, I could tell them, go, go hang out, you know, go chill with the butterflies. It'll calm you down. And then you can come back out to the real world. Go ahead. Sorry, Jacob, for cutting you off. Nah, it's, it's all good. Um, yeah, just, I guess my question would be, well, what is, well, since of course you all will have two of your best players, I guess, I guess on in the stands or at home and, Orange County, instead of going on that trip, who will be able to replace them? And do you think that the bench can really perform? Dylan, so I, I, I'm I'm going to ask you, there's no one that can replace Harry Forrest out there, correct? Um, yeah, no, there is. Um, Giovanni ramos Godoy <laughs> statistically likes to take shots from distance and statistically finds the target about as often as Harry Forrester. So I raise you from your subtle attempt to rile me up with a stats backed (laughs) answer that really says the same thing um to answer your question jacob i think we could find a way to get it done i think we have that quality um Mm -hmm. aiden quinn's gonna be a big miss um 
I'm not sure we really have a player who fills that role the way he does. I'm not sure really any team in the league has a player that can fill that role the way that he does. Um, that will be the biggest miss. Uh, Harry Forster, like I said, uh, Ramos Godoy is a, a pretty good fit for that. Um, so it's going to be interesting. But I think what we've learned over the last uh, six weeks is that this team finds a way to get results, um, even when it's weird um, and even when it's uh, maybe a bit unpredictable or um, the odds really aren't in their favor. They managed to pull something out of the bag. I mean, we got that last weekend against Tulsa, 94th minute from a dude that hasn't scored ever in a professional match and hasn't scored in two plus years in a competitive match. Uh, and then, you know, keeps the win streak alive. So I think we can manage. Well, let's just say, I mean, they're back to the, the orange County soccer club of 2018 where um, earlier in this season, the ball wasn't bouncing in the right direction for them. There, anything that could have gone wrong went wrong for Orange County, whether it was injuries, last-minute goals, uh, whatnot. And now they're back to the form that they were in 2018 where everything sort of goes right for them uh, in those close matches or situations like we saw against Tulsa. Uh, Alan, uh, I think you had something you wanted to throw in there as well. Yeah, I think um, Christian Duke is going to play a big role. I think um... – since he's come back, Orange County has looked like a different team. And I think sometimes he um, may or may not get as much love as he should uh, for that. And I think this game, he kind of proves uh, or reproves his worth to a lot of people that um, he's a key component of this, uh, you know, the starting 11. Um, I think he can step into um, and I don't want to say take over Aiden Quinn. Cause I, I do think Dylan's right. I think that he, what Aiden brings is something special. Um, but I think having him on the, on the pitch is going to be fine um, to, to step into that. Um, I mean, Aiden was on the pitch the whole time, but Forrester came off in the 83rd minute, uh, which brought Godoy on. So uh, like what Dylan said, he's a, he's a pretty, he knows that role. Um, you're you're going to have to move some folks around, uh, but maybe that gives uh, some of these guys who haven't been getting his starts like a Chrysostomo um, a little bit more playing time, Chrysostomo and Godoy getting on um, to fill in those roles. I don't think it's going to be a huge drop-off. I think it's going to be, it's going to matter a bit, uh, but I think that, you know, you got to hope those guys on the bench step up and, and I think they can do it. Well, I think the bigger part of that midfield is Christian Duke. He's probably that that glue that that makes everything uh, stay together, and he he keeps things going for this team. Aiden Quinn is an amazing talent, but I think Christian Duke. Uh, we we learned early in the season when he was out with the injury, he's that piece that when he's in there, things seem to work out and things seem to go well for the team. We've seen that during the streak. He's been a a key part of that streak. Although his statistics don't jump out at you. Um, like an Aiden Quinn may, or uh, even a Harry Forrester in the, in the alternate version of, uh, of how stats would jump out at you. Uh, Christian Duke just does his job. He, he makes things work and he, he's like that, 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 that player that does all the, the, the little things that you don't notice because you're just looking at the stats. Uh, so uh, I, I don't know if, in the Tulsa match, he got pulled out because of a little knock or anything like that. But I think um, 
as long as he is or if he picked up a knock or whatnot, I'm just hoping he's there. He's going to scare you guys. And uh, hopefully Orange County keeps this this winning streak alive. Maybe we go for 20 now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, pre- it's pretty good. I guess one thing that I well, I guess one thing that I will have to say is this that if Orange County are able to get up a goal early or just able to get up a goal, then it can really mess with RGVFC. I've seen that happen time and time again where players will just get in RGVFC's head when RGVFC of course are down by a goal. It, I mean, that's the whole reason why, of course, Carlos Small has gotten a red card because, of course, early-ish, I guess, or midway through the second half when RGVFC got knocked down a goal, that's when Carlos Small you know, got annoyed. And that's when the team got annoyed, tried to play as hard as they could, and then just got more and more frustrated. So that's a way to do it is, of course, almost at any place is to score a goal early, but it's the mentality of just, that's the way that that culture is there. I've watched, of course, the youth academy play early in the mornings because I got a cousin that plays on that squad. And, well, it, it's the same way. They get down a goal. They try their hardest, but then they just get so frustrated that then they start to make silly mistakes like trying to get fouls and just get so frustrated that any little thing will just frustrate them from Orange County or someone like that. So it's not necessarily great. But so that's there we go. something that Orange County can do. So there we go, Orange County Soccer Club, Coach Bray and Cloutier. Any players that may be listening, that's what you need to do. Score a goal early and get under the skin of the RGV players because that will just mess with them. Uh, and that will be the keys to a victory out there in the tip of Texas. Um, let's do this. Let's do our, our MASH predictions. I still have no idea if I'm going to go with my current winning streak option or if I'm going to test it and go a different way, which will probably make Jacob very excited if I do that. Uh, but let's do this. Let's, let's get our predictions. Uh, I'm going to start with Alan. Alan, what is your prediction for this match and who's going to be the key to the match? Um, I think it's going to be a one nil victory for orange County. Uh, and I think, uh, Seton finds the back of the net again. Um, it's always nice to see him and DJ work together. And I think it's either going to be Seton assisting DJ or DJ assisting Seton. I think one of those is going to make it work. Perfect. And before I go to Dylan to ask him his prediction, I'm going to throw it out there to anyone that is listening to us live. Let me know. Do I keep my my streak going and do I do my prediction or do I test it and go with a different prediction? Put it in the comments. Put it in Twitter. Whatever. And we maybe will go with it. Dylan, what's your prediction? Okay. Um, Toros have scored 43 goals, 30 matches. They've conceded 56. <laughs> They're probably going to score in this game. So 2-1 Orange County. All right. And Jacob, let's go to you before I decide what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to say, well, it's going to be a bit high scoring. I'm going to say 3-2 RGVFC, a late winner. I think RGVFC can do it if they just stay focused, of course. They can, and they can always play spoilers for some strange reason, just like I said. They get in a weird mentality late in the season when they got nothing to lose. But other than that, I think things also do get heated under the lights and under, of course, humidity. Things will get heated, and we might see a couple of yellow cards and reckless challenges from both sides. And I think it will cause for an interesting match and maybe the ref losing the plot of the game as well. 
All right. Uh, before I make my prediction, I'm going to just throw it out to you guys. Dylan, should I keep my streak going or does it not matter? <laughs> not only does it normally not matter, you don't even know <laughs> if it's going to, if you should continue or not. So it's, it's relevant. Alan, what about you? He gives, Alan, a, thumbs Alan gives a thumbs up. Yes. For the people that are on listening to the podcast, they have no idea what this is, Alan. <laughs> um, Jacob, well, I'm, getting, what I'm trying to drive them to the YouTube page. <laughs> Jacob, should I keep my streak going, or do you think I should make up a random uh, prediction? I mean, of course, I'd say make up a random prediction because <laughs> yes, I am a bit superstitious as well, or as Michael Scott would say, I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious though. <laughs> From the office. Well, I think yeah, that yeah. we are estimating the RGV Toro squad. So. Well, let's let's say this. Um, Andy, our super fan, says three one OC for my prediction. I'm going to say five nil RGV. I'm going to try and keep the streak going uh, because it works. It works. No matter what Dylan says, the proof is in the record. The last six matches, I've said five nil opponent, and Orange County has won each of those matches. It's going to keep going. I have faith in it. Um, sorry about that, Jacob. Uh, make sure your listeners know that because I'm saying five nil RGV, that actually is a very bad thing on there. Uh, so we'll go with that. Uh, and one last thing I'm going to say is Logan, one of our other listeners that listens quite often, he says two, one to OC. And he's saying that, uh, Jones and Godoy will score in this match against RGV. Do we think that Hashimoto makes an appearance? Do we know if he's fit? They um, were talking about that on the, on the, on the, on the YouTube uh, chat, they, uh, I think Logan and Andy were just sort of going back and forth about Koji. I think that is definitely an option. Um, when you're looking at what Aiden Quinn does, he's probably one of the players that sort of can fit into that role as a, uh, a decent passer. I mean, like uh, for like, I think he's the closest option. He is the closest option. Now, do I know, because we haven't seen him in forever. I don't know. Is he even, is he missing? Is he still with OC? He is. Uh, is he is he hurt? What's going on with him? Uh, but if he's available, I think he's the best like for like for an Aiden Quinn. So it depends on what uh, Coach Brandon Cloutier is thinking there. Uh, bringing in a similar player or changing up the strategy and going with maybe, I think some of the other names I saw on the YouTube chat room, Connor Gordon uh, coming in or seeing something, Sebastian Dupre, the, the, the Pue, however you say that, Dylan, you say it better than me. Just clear your throat when you go to see the last part. Or I see uh, Logan even saying, "Hey, maybe let's let's do uh, Francis Jacobs time." Or Chris Ostomo. Chris Ostomo is another option. Remember have- how Jacob just told us that this team's gonna go crazy and try and kill our players, and let's put a fourteen-year-old on. It's <laughs> like why we wouldn't play him against Vegas. Fifteen. Um, let's just say this: there's a lot of options there in the midfield. Which I guess if you're gonna have two players. Uh, suspended because of yellow cards. The midfield's probably the best spot for it because you have a lot of options in there. So yeah. uh, that's good. That's good to know as an Orange County fan. Uh, unfortunately, I think it's going to be RGV winning five nil. So sorry, Orange County <laughs> fans. Unfortunately. Um, let's do this because I know if I open it up to soccer talk, I'm going to have to hear a bunch of uh, stuff about Tottenham blowing I'm sorry. that what? today. Did they... So let's go. Let's just move right past <laughs> that. More... Let's play right today. What? Huh? Penalties? Right past that. Right past. I do. Yeah. Christian Eriksen, greatest player <laughs> in the world. Huh? And Real Madrid. Uh, B- back injury. I think Wait, we should talk about Amora. Four three what happened, what happened to Lou? Oh, I mean, Mora oh, practice. Oh, less fascist. Oh man. All right. Random thoughts. Random thought time. Ball club. No cheese room. 
No, is there is there any other soccer talk besides uh, English soccer that anyone wants to share with the world? Yes. Dylan. The USL Players Association um, is going to be meeting up in a little over 10 days' time to work towards some goals um, that they're going to work, I mean, eventually work on with the, the ownership um, throughout the league for the 2020 season. So that's some big news. Hopefully it means that these guys are all getting um, really quality health care, um, some sort of base pay rate, you know, just normal living things that people should probably have. Uh, and especially in a weird situation like lower division soccer, where an injury could realistically spell the end of this pursuit. Um, probably be some good news if, some sort of um, insurance and, and um, financial fallbacks available for these guys. Yep. Alan can talk more about unions. You know, he's the <laughs> he's the he's union rep, Mr. Yes, union. Yes, he is. Any soccer news from you, Alan? Um, Carabao Cup's going on. Real Sociedad <laughs> is like winning. <laughs> like what the heck? Like Real Sociedad, I think it was like I looked at one point they were like fourth in the Spanish league. Like. Awesome. Um, 1904 may or may not be playing a game. I don't know. It's coming up. I can't go. Uh, <laughs> so that's it. You know, um, talking about 1904. So, Nisa, uh, I think there was a lot of props given to Cal, uh, is it Cal United Strikers for their promo video that they had uh, going through social media recently. It actually looked pretty legit. I watched it. Um, they also did a pretty good job of putting all their fans in one side of the stadium. So it looks like it's a full stadium uh, of fans. Uh, I, I don't know what to think of, of another pro team in Southern California, especially Orange County, uh, another pro team that's going to utilize the same stadium as Orange County Soccer Club and sometimes OCFC. So interesting, but yeah. Um, the only bad news is that the field's going to get destroyed. It's kind of yeah. like, I don't want to say a retirement home, but much like how in the early 2010s, 20-teens, excuse me, uh, West Brom was just like a retirement home for old Manchester United players. Looks like Cal United is just like a retirement home for um, players that played for Orange County in 2017. Okay. Jacob, do you have any random soccer stuff to share? Yeah, I guess soccer stuff I just would have to say. Well, the one thing is the crew are getting a new stadium, or at least they're going to break ground on that, which is pretty cool. Of course, that is Columbus crew, to be exact. Isn't Since that they, in Austin? What's up? Isn't that in Austin? Tree F. <laughs> <laughs> no. So Columbus crew, of course, they got saved, and they still can't sell out a stadium, though. That's tiny. Although I shouldn't be talking because I'm a Dynamo fan. But that's besides the point. Yeah, and then now, of course, the crew are going to... They got new management, apparently, and they're going to get themselves a new state-of-the-art stadium as well. And yes, of course, Austin FC broke ground on their new stadium with none other than Matthew McConaughey. So that's always fun, considering also the lovely... Yeah, the lovely beef that's also going on with them and Austin Bold, which is always fun to listen to because they go back and forth and they say that they love each other and then they go back and forth once again. So that's some sort of pun because cows are big in Texas. 
some sort of beef. Um, and I had no idea you were a Dynamo fan, by the way. I had no idea. Just looking at you on the stream, could not tell you were a Dynamo fan at yeah. all. Uh, oh, ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha. Let's, uh, my, my soccer news, the soccer, youth soccer, my uh, son's team. For those of you that don't follow, I coach my son's team at 16 players. They're split into two teams of eight. We did we did a friendly matches, scrimmages today. Uh, one of them played against a team in our league. The other one played against a team that is an AYSO team, uh, an age group up. Uh, the team that played against the team in our league, they drew 3-3. The one that played in the league up or, or against the team uh, a year older, my, my son was playing on that team. We won 8-4. Uh, my son was very proud at the end of it because I wasn't really keeping track of the score. I was trying to work more on the coaching. He said, yeah, we won 8-4. Oh, and by the way, I scored five goals. I'm like, okay, cool. Awesome. Great job. So um, props to my son, Kian, for scoring five goals in a friendly match against an AYSO team that was a year up from what we planned. By the way, just remember, my son plays a year up already. So my son's a 2012 kid. We were playing against kids born in 2010, and he scored five goals on them. So I don't know. Is he a poacher or was he actually doing pretty good? He actually was doing pretty good out there. I'll, I'll... Actually, there was an update from the game. He only scored four. Harry Kane scored one of those. <laughs> oh, man. He's, he's taking the piss. Are you going to talk smack on Lucas my, seven, obviously did not on my seven-year-old son? So we know it was your job. <laughs> You're going to no, talk not... smack on my seven-year-old son. No, I'm, gonna show I'm talking him. smack hey, about yeah. Harry Kane. <laughs> oh. My kids look up to Alan and Dylan because they know I do a podcast with them. I'm going to share this audio with them so that they can feel. Oh, no, no, no. I am outraged that he is poaching a goal from your son. Like, I am yeah. livid at Harry Classless 26 right? year old steals from a seven year old. I think no, he, scored, he scored five goals. So that's, that's, that's the fun part of it. I think the last time I was on this podcast, I think Dylan and Alan were talking about you being on the hot seat. So. I guess that hot seat has ended. What hot seat was I on, Dylan and Alan? <laughs> oh, I'm sure our Samora out has been going on for a while. Something. Um, Something. Look, you have more job security than Powell does <laughs> down in San Antonio, so don't you worry. You'll be just fine. Um, but no, I was proud of the boys. I At our scrimmage today, I was trying to not to like – because usually I like to try and tell them where they need to be. I was trying to like actually not talk, uh, let them figure it out. And they did a pretty good job of that. My son actually had a pretty cool goal where it was uh, across in the air and he just lifted up his leg, got a nice touch on it, and it went right into the goal. Uh, and then there was another one where a player just gave him like a perfect cross and he just tapped it in. So he got a couple easy goals and there were a couple of them were more, uh, you know, he had to place the ball in the right spot. But props to him. Youth soccer. Uh, you, he plays for U9. So maybe a future OC player. Maybe he'll be the next Francis Jacobs. Who knows? Yeah, right. Um, he'll get there. He'll 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 play something. He'll play college or something. I, I know that. Uh, he loves the game too much. Let's do this. Uh, random thoughts because we just, yeah, it's getting to one of those episodes. I can't tell where we are because of technical difficulties, late starts, whatnot. So who knows how long this episode's going to be. But let's get to our random thoughts of the episode. I'm going to start with eeny, meeny, miny, Jacob. Awesome. Okay. Random thought. I guess I got to go with this. I am a huge racing fan and well yes last week was the singapore grand prix for f1 but this week of course is none other than the roval for nascar which is at charlotte and they go well it's a road course in an oval it's the infield road course and you race out of it it's very fun the first year was exciting then they redid the track again and made 
the backstretch, they had a chicane. They made it even wider now. So that's going to be very fun to watch. And that's the final round of the playoffs, as they call it, as in they're going from 16 drivers to eight drivers. Not necessarily all 43 drivers or 30 whatever drivers will be on the track, but only eight will have a chance to win the championship in the end. So it's going to be very exciting because tempers are going to flare. Go Brian Vickers. Uh, Alan, your turn. Today is National Register to Vote Day. So so get your phone ready, ladies and gentlemen, because Alan's going to put his shirt up to the screen. you got to yeah, scan the Keep it on. Keep it on. QR code. Now he's got to take it off and, and hold it up. No, no one wants He's not messing that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or Ronaldo, I think he does that too. Or any Las Vegas Lights player. Or Vegas. My other side of my shirt does not have a creepy happy face. No, uh, <laughs> if you are registered to vote, it's always great to double check to make sure you're registered at the proper address. If you are not registered to vote and you're eligible, please take the time to register to vote. Uh, it's super important. Get your voice heard. Uh, lots of things. It's not just about president, but things that are important, like your local school board races are just as important to the every, your everyday life and everyday life of your community. Uh, so I'm encourage you guys, if you are vote eligible, get out there and register to vote. I think Alan will hate me when I say this, but when it comes to like school board and these like sanitation manager, it's just whoever has the coolest looking name um, for yeah. the vote. So uh, Dylan, what about your thought? <laughs> I shut Dylan up with that comment. That's awesome. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't talk trash because when someone runs unopposed, I vote for one of my cats. But um, <laughs> that's because there's literally no other option. So. The seriousness that we all the we're all so serious about voting, Alan. You love it, right? Hey, I take I think it seriously. I, I when think, I think, other people involved. I think even Jacob said he votes for the coolest name on some of those things. He was at least laughing at it, or I thought I heard it like a yep or something. Go for it, Dylan. Sorry. <laughs> God, <laughs> this is the best way to spend my Tuesday nights. This week's <laughs> poem—it's a poem for the third week in a row. Because is it about voting. About voting, no. Okay. Um, but it's uh, it's titled Mexican American Sonnet. It's by Ileana Rocha. Um, it's wonderful, and I don't even know what else to say. I feel like anything I could say here is gonna overcomplicate it, but I think it's super relevant and super beautiful. Um, and yeah, honestly, read this poem, um, Mexican American Sonnet. That's the title of it, Ileana Rocha. I-L-I-A-N-A-R-O-C-H-A. Give it a read. It's 14 lines. You have no excuse. I'm sorry. It's 18 lines. I can't count. So oh, I'm not a math major man. or band teacher. Trying to get us caught in with saying it's shorter than it actually is, Dylan. I see how it is. Alan, I'm still voting for the fun. Yeah, well, I'm not compensating. Out there. I'm going to stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, my random thought, I actually want to, it's it's about birthdays. I'm going to say happy birthday to my wonderful, amazing, beautiful wife. Uh, we had an awesome time. Thanks for Dylan, Alan, for coming and celebrating. And Sarah, uh, uh, or Alan's wife, Sarah, for coming out also and uh, celebrating with us. It was an awesome time. We had a great time out there partying on a bus, rocking out to music, watching soccer, and then going to karaoke and uh, a bunch of awesome singing going on. Uh, so, uh, again, Congrats or, or you know, happy birthday to my wife. Um, 
also my birthday is coming up my 40th. I'll be turning 40. I, I know I don't look it. I know I look like I'm 22, but I will be turning 40 uh, October 19th, which is the final home game for Orange County Soccer Club. I'm planning on bringing in a nice huge group of uh, fans or, or people out to the uh, bleachers out there on the uh, goal line. Uh, for those of you that do go to the matches that don't sit on the bleachers, if you want to come stop by, say hi, uh, introduce yourself to not just you know myself or, or any of the people I bring out there. Um, feel free to do so. I'm going to try and get them to chant along with Counterline Coalition. I'm going to try and sit them as close over there as we can. So hopefully we'll be loud along with them uh, and have an awesome time. Uh, if you're not planning or if you, you don't have tickets, come out to that match. Come celebrate with us. It'll be fun time. Uh, Jacob, fly out here. There's probably some flights mm -hmm. from Brown Brownsville or McAllister or whatever the, the airport is out there. Mix something. Uh, MFE. Yeah. Whatever it is. I don't know. Southwest flies out of there. I I'll, That's all I know. Um, come on out. I'm not, I'm not going to Harlingen. I'll fly okay. from McAllen, Dallas, and then Dallas to OC. Oh, so you that's can do, do it. Okay, you can do American. Um, yeah. yeah, come on out, celebrate my 19th, my, my 19th, my 40th birthday on, <laughs> with me on the 19th. I got to get the numbers right. Um, Apparently, you've already gone senile. You just, you don't know what's going on anymore. And anyone else that listens, any other podcast host, uh, maybe, hey, if you come out, maybe we'll, we'll, you'll have the secret inside path to the, uh, guest of the year on the uh, orange and black soccer cast awards. So just, just throwing that out there. If you want to try, try to make your way out. Uh, I heard Patrick Dew is going to be there. <laughs> is that with a C or a K? For two C's, isn't it? Like thick. What? <laughs> I have no so idea. Old, you you're so old. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, all right, cool. Let's end this thing. Cause we're just going, we're, we're just going to start going randomly and, now going to be like an hour and 45 minute podcast um jacob share with our listeners any information about how to follow you listen to you watch you uh read you whatever you want to share with our listeners all right well my personal twitter is jacob young 456 now you can watch or listen to down in the valley on youtube as well at down in the valley soccer i believe and you can follow them on down in the valley or down in the RGV pod, something like that. <laughs> I think it's down. Either oh, way, someone's getting, getting, someone's getting fired today. <laughs> eh. Something like that. Look yeah, it down up. In the, just, just search up like down in the RGV and you should find us. It's really easily. And then, of course, yeah, I guess, yeah, that's really basically it. And we, we are on normally every Wednesdays. And most likely it is on uh, Google Play, the iTunes podcast, which is like Apple, whatever. I, I always can't figure man, those you're, things you're, out. You're into this tonight, Jacob, man. Apple, whatever. Look, just look <laughs> for us. Yeah, hey. Exactly. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, uh, let's go, Dylan. Dylan, how can people stalk you if they want to stalk you? Uh, please, no one stalk me. Um, someone remembered my name when I was leaving karaoke on Saturday night, and it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> I was just trying to leave, not have people tell me that I'm really good at rapping. I'm on boat. Um, you can find me on Twitter at OCSC underscore Dylan, or you can find me on Reddit slash U slash OCSC underscore Dylan. Perfect. And how about you, Alan? How can people stalk you if they want to stalk you? Oh, hey, and this one time at Bandcamp. <sighs> Wow. Hey, Underwood Some 48 on the Twitter machine or whatever it's called. 
Oh, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at DJ Ray Samora. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at OCSC underscore a soccer cast. You can find us at OCSCpodcast.com. Uh, Facebook, you can find us there. Instagram, you can find us there at OCSC uh, underscore soccer cast. Um, I think that's all we have to say about all this. Uh, yeah, perfect. So for Jacob, our guest from down in the valley, uh, Dylan, for Alan, this is Ray, this is the Orange Bosch soccer cast. And oh, yeah. And Thank you once again for Kevin Coleman for joining us on this episode. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. Thanks to our sponsor, Gruffneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to the MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com.